Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Global News has learned, and this uh, headline's kind of floating under the radar, uh, that starting in the next couple of days, more than 64,000 asylum seekers in Canada who are now waiting for their cases to be heard may, in fact, be able to fast-track through a processing of their claim. And the documents, which have been released by the Immigration and Refugee Board, call this a, a strategic effort to allocate resources. And according to the report, this uh, fast tracking is for less complex cases, but it would mean that they can skip this step of going before a a refugee judge in favor of a shorter hearing of less than two hours. And they've created a list of countries where they are fast tracking claims that make most sense. Countries including Iran, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Syria, Yemen, Venezuela, Turkey, it goes on with a a few more names. But the main question I think most will want to know is why? Is this like to get the mess out of the way before an election? Like why are we fast-tracking anything? Is cutting corners not just undermining the whole system? Let's bring in uh, Giddy Mammon to the conversation. Immigration lawyer with MigrationLaw.com. He joins us now. Giddy, so am I um, Am I being a little trite if I say that we're just rubber stamping people now? I mean, is that what I am to take from this thing? In in some cases, you are. Uh, you're, you're right, because um, we normally select people on their individual circumstances. Not everybody from a single country uh, is a refugee. There are oppressors and there, there are the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this particular case, they've, they've decided that all claims, for example, from Syria or Afghanistan, etc., are eligible for this process. So uh, we're expecting to see cases done either very quickly or without a hearing. Um, and yes, you, one has to wonder: Are are the uh, you know the, the refugee judges are they going to be able to make the right decision by simply moving more quickly? Well, your your immigration like this is your specialty. So when you first see these documents that Global News has has unearthed, your reaction was what? Uh, the truth is, uh, for me, it's a big yawn because I've seen this so many times. Every government says, oh, we're going to do this faster and better. Well, how are you going to do it faster or better? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to be more efficient than the previous government or the previous process. And I'm always thinking to myself, if you don't put more manpower, uh, you're just not going to be able to either do more or do as, as good a job. Right. And they, they just have the same number of judges, the same number of hearing officers, the same number of courtrooms, and they want me to believe that they're just going to be able to move this thing a lot faster. My assumption, my starting point, is that I'm assuming that they're operating their, uh, their uh, refugee board as efficiently as possible. So by simply telling me, well, we're going to have shorter hearings, that's the last thing that a lawyer wants to do when they walk into a hearing room is be told, you know, uh, Mr. Mammon, uh, you know, be quick. We only have an hour or two hours to hear this ca- case, Right. Uh, even though my client's life depends on uh, a, a proper hearing. And in some cases, you get more uh, time from a judge in the small claims court over a small, uh, you know, dispute 
uh, over a thousand or two thousand dollars than you get in a refugee hearing, which a person's been waiting for years for, which may or may not determine where they're going to live for the rest of their life and under what conditions. Right. And look, I'm all about efficiency. What I'm not about is recklessness. And so I'm seeing here saying, okay, are they doing this for efficiency because they've really dis- they've really figured out how to master the immigration system in a whole like few weeks because they the Trudeau government has not exactly proved uh, strong on this file, um, or are they doing this just to get this mess out of their their way in? in in front of an election, uh, there, there is no secret sauce here. If you want, if you want justice, if you want the right decisions to be made, you have to give it time. You have to listen to the uh, claimant. You have to read their evidence. You have to read the documents. You have to consider the country conditions and changes in country conditions, uh, or you're not going to do a good job. That's uh, that, that's plain and simple. My feeling is that this government has dug itself into a huge hole and has no idea how it's going to get out of it because they've allowed so many people in, the costs are going to be astronomical, and they just simply cannot go to the public and say, we're going to spend a few hundred million dollars more to do X, Y, and Z in order to clear this backlog. So what they're going to say is, oh, guess what? We've come up with a way of being much more efficient uh, and much more strategic, and uh, everything is going to stay the same. It's not. Right. And, and when you see the list of these countries, you know, that they're, they're looking to, to fast track, whether it's people coming in from Iran, you know, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Syria, Yemen, I mean, I'm not un-Canadian, and I'm certainly not fearing and divisive when I say uh, a few red flags. There are, a lot, there are terror nations here. I mean, Yemen is the number one terror haven in the world. I'm a little concerned when I, when I think people coming in you know, not all of whom are in a situation of need. Some people do come here because they hate us. And I think a lot of Canadians will, will wonder, I mean, what what is it about this list of countries that this makes sense? Well, I'd like to think that they were aware before today that these countries, what these, what these, uh, what the uh, country conditions were in these various countries, nothing's happened over the last couple of days for them. All of a sudden, to say, oh, by the way, these cases are so manifestly founded that we can simply do it without spending too much time. It's so obvious. Well, if it was so obvious, why weren't they doing that last week and the week before that? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, this is going to be actually very interesting because you have to understand the the dynamics of refugee claimants. There are really two kinds of refugee uh, um, claimants. Uh, Of course, there's some in the middle that are in the gray zone, but generally speaking, there are those who are truly fearing persecution, and they believe that they will win their refugee claim. And they want their refugee claim to go as quickly as possible because they believe they're going to get landed in Canada and they will be able to become a Canadian citizen and sponsor their, their spouses and their parents and their children from abroad. So they want the cases to go very quickly. On the other hand, you have refugee claimants who are not refugees, and they know that they're not refugees. Right. They're making a refugee claim because they want to make as much money as they can and send it back home to keep the kids in school. They want to get uh, you know whatever medical attention. They want to get whatever benefits they can get. And they want to delay their refugee claim as long as possible to continue those benefits as long as possible, and to avoid ultimate deportation, which they know is inevitable. So when you make the system very, very fast, you're in a way attracting genuine refugees, 
And when you're making it very, very slow, what you're really doing is you're inviting as many people who want to come to Canada to come because they figure, well, I'm entitled to a refugee claim. They can't remove me from Canada until I've had my refugee claim. So if this thing drags on for years and years, I'm okay with that because I'm making money, I'm doing fine, and I'm under no pressure. So this, the, if in fact this works, which I don't believe it will in any significant way, then you're going to have a bit of a shift in who comes to Canada and in what numbers. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. Nothing like rubber stamping your way out of a mess. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could say this is like real news. Uh, it, it sounds like it, but it's really just the same old, same old. The same resources by a government that's just claiming to be doing things more efficiently. And really, I I just don't think that there's anything new in this. No. All right, Giddy, we will uh, keep in touch with you on this. I appreciate you joining us. Pleasure. Thank you very much. That is Giddy Mem, an immigration lawyer uh, over at MigrationLaw.com. Kind of my go-to on these big immigration issues because he's not political. Uh, But he calls BS, too. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.